women bring something different in every every room. I mean, and I don't mean this to be cliche. I really don't. But when you go to some conferences, they're just a little bit boring. And you come to you come here and like it's so pretty. I mean, like and I mean, we bring way more than that. But I'm just saying there is a warmth that women bring to the table. There's a hospitality, I think, that women bring to the table in the church. There's a mothering, there's a sistering, there's a there's a daughtering. It, it's just hard to even describe what that is, but it's so distinct and it's so needed. Welcome to the Women in Work podcast, the show that inspires you to confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. I'm Courtney Moore. And I'm Missy Branch. We want to introduce you to women who, through their own unique vocations, are seeing what they do make an eternal difference. And we pray these conversations will inspire you in your own calling to honor God, to image Him to the world through your work, and to leverage your potential for His glory. Thank you so much for joining us today. Missy and I are so glad you've joined us today for a very special episode. This is the first time we've recorded with a live audience. So listen in as we interview Melissa Kruger at the Cultivate Conference that was held at the Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary in March of 2022. Before we dive into the conversation with Melissa, let me introduce you to who she is. Melissa Kruger serves as the Director of Women's Initiatives for the Gospel Coalition. She has authored multiple books, including... The Envy of Eve, Finding Contentment in a Covetous World, Walking with God in the Season of Motherhood, and Growing Together, Taking Mentoring Beyond Small Talk and Prayer Request. Her husband, Mike, is the president of Reformed Theological Seminary in Charlotte, and they have three children. We hope you enjoy this very special live edition of the Women at Work podcast. So how many of you ladies, and listen, just be honest, nobody be mad. How many of you ladies have heard of our podcast, Women in Work? Anybody? A couple. Amen. Thank you. (laughs) It's really not. Courtney, this is my co-host, Courtney Moore, and we are here representing Women in Work. You have to. Why don't you read Women in Work's vision statement? Okay. So Women in Work, we are an organization who inspires women to confidently step into their God-given calling and view their work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. So really, whatever God has called you to, whether that's in the home as a mother or if God has called you out into the marketplace, we want to see you honor God through your work, leverage your potential for His glory, and really image Him through your work. And so Missy and I share a podcast together, and um, we interview women in all kinds of work to hear how women are imaging God and glorifying Him through their professions. It's been a blast. I knew you would do that better than me. She wanted me to do it. I'm like, you got it. It's what you do. So what we wanted to do was we wanted to have the opportunity to live in front of you guys interview Melissa. And so here we go. Now, what we're notorious for everything falling apart every time we record. The technical is, it never goes right. It's hilarious. So right now, we actually feel kind of high-end because we have a whole team up there handling this for us because 
we're always team failure, but that's okay. That's okay. So, <laughs> Melissa, this is special because this will be the only time a podcast will be recorded excellently on the first go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and I also, could we have the audience, because we're going we're gonna to record this, obviously, and so some woman is going to be listening to this on the treadmill. You know she yes. is. And so I would love for that woman to hear this audience. This is our first live audience. Can you guys just give us a shout out, like, so these women at home... <laughs> Yes, I love it. Thank y'all. Okay, so usually on our podcast, Melissa, what we do, we ask our guests um, three rapid-fire questions just to kind of get to know our guests just right off the bat. And so these are just quick answers. So our first question is, as a kid, Melissa, what did you want to be when you grew up? This is so random. An eye doctor. An An eye doctor. (laughs) Did you say an eye doctor? Yes. It's because I had to get glasses when I was like in fourth grade. And so I think it was, he may be able to see. And I was like, that is, what a gift to make people able to see. I love it. That's a first for us too. Yeah. It's so random. Love yeah, it. I took that all the way to Jesus in my head, too. He gave me, see? see? Yes, okay, okay. I see it, I see it. I like it. I, I just like became it. a different eye doctor. Right, different kind of eye, yes. <laughs> okay, what was your first job? Uh, working at Hudson Belk at Crabtree. Um, as at what? Hudson Belk at Crabtree. Oh, okay. As a, at Christmas, as a tissue paper hander outer. <laughs> and, wow. but one wow. day they got really busy and they made me go in the wrapping section Y'all, the thing I wrapped for this poor woman, I apologized to her when I handed it to her. I said, I'm sorry. I wasn't trained. Anyway. So. I could never get paid to wrap gifts. That's yes, not my spiritual bad. gift at it all. Was bad. All right. So, Melissa, last question. What, do you, what kind of work do you want to be doing when you are 80 years old? <laughs> my flesh wants to be sitting somewhere laying, laying around doing nothing. So exactly. I'll say I, I still want to be discipling women. That's what I want to be doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'd love it if it was like grandchildren and great-grandchildren and they love to spend time with me. That would be an amazing gift. My mom has that. Her grandchildren love spending time with her. And so I want that one day. Gracious. Love it. Well, what we like to do, we like to start off with getting to know you a little bit better. Mm -hmm. So I would love to hear a little bit. We would love to hear a little bit about your family and even how you came to faith. Yeah, I grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina, just next door, um, and grew up, thankfully, going to church my whole life. I can't really remember a Sunday um, that I didn't go to church, and uh, my mom prayed with me every night. This is what's so funny. I probably should have said a veterinarian, because every night when I prayed, I prayed for all the animals that did not have homes. (laughs) Precious. That's precious. (laughs) For years, for years, I prayed this. And I'm like, I didn't even know I liked animals that much. Um, But it was really, I would say, when my faith became alive to me, when it became my own, was in high school. And it was through two ways. Actually, my parents had given me a Bible in a year um, at Christmas. And for some reason, as a 14-year-old, I thought, yeah, I can can read it in a year. I'll do that. Um, I'm pretty convinced. I thought, maybe I can figure Revelation out if I read the whole thing. (laughs) Did that work? No, it didn't work. Still waiting, still waiting. Um, but in, in that year um, in high school, it was really when my faith became my own, and I understood what it meant that I was a sinner in need of a Savior myself, that I wasn't just born into Christianity in some ways. Um, yeah, and so I grew up in Raleigh, and then I went to Chapel Hill, and that's where I met my husband, which did y'all hear the heels one last night? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. That's awesome. So 
you and your husband both serve in ministry roles. Did you at what did you have a, a specific call to ministry yourself? And then when you met your and married your husband, did you already know he was called to ministry? Was this a life that you expected to be in ministry? Tell us about that. Yeah, that's a good question because some people, yeah, they marry a businessman and then he gets an idea and they're like, oh no. Um, (laughs) Thankfully, we started dating my freshman year, his senior year. So he was already headed to seminary. So I would say I definitely knew what I was going in for. What I didn't know, he chose to go to seminary in California. Okay, there are a lot of seminaries closer by. I didn't know this at the time. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was like, why did you pick the one all the way in California? Wow, yeah. But so he went out to Westminster West, and that's where he studied. Um, and so I definitely knew what I was in for, and I was gladly in for it. Yeah. So um, I never expected, I'll be honest, that I could work a job in ministry. Like, that sure. just wasn't even in my vision that, right. that anyone would pay me to do what I do. And to be honest, I tell, I tell college students right now, the internet didn't exist when I was in college. So my job is fully based on the internet. And so exactly. it, you, know, it wouldn't have you couldn't existed. have envisioned that. Yes, right. yes, exactly. You didn't get a degree in that. Exactly. Right. And so I was actually, um, I was a high school math teacher. And I worked over at Leesville in Raleigh. And I felt like um, the government was paying me to be a missionary to the public high school. And I loved it. I ran an FCA That's great. at the high That's school. Great. And so I felt called through vaca- vocational ministry. Um, that's yeah. how I felt called. Cool. So did you come, when you started working at TGC, the role you have now is not the role you started with. Tell yeah. us about that. Yeah. I started at 10 hours a week doing editorial. Um, okay. And again, just just like how God has a sense of humor. I was a math major and very proud <laughs> of the fact that I never took any English classes in college. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I mean, and somehow, and, and I tell you this, if spell check did not exist, there is no way I could be an editor. <laughs> I wouldn't want to do it. I am a terrible speller. Um, and I'm really not a great editor either, but they hired me <laughs> to do that. Sometimes you lead in places that are very uncomfortable for you. Um, and so I did that for 10 hours, and they basically... Um, they just kept asking me, can you work longer? Because I'd worked at my church. I was balancing that with a job in my church. And honestly, two part-time ministry jobs has been, was way harder than one full-time job. So then when I came yes. full-time, I kind of took over all of our wish, women's initiatives. And that's been a great role. Okay, tell us about that. You are the director of women's content at the Gospel Coalition. I mean, that, I mean, we're all familiar with the Gospel Coalition, and there is so much content that you all put out and so yeah. many initiatives. I mean, yeah. even for women— it sounds, when I hear your title, I am like, wow, you are busy. Tell us about your role. What are you, what are you doing? Yeah, it's such an exciting job, I would say. Um, we, we deal with content. We deal with connecting women. That's actually what I'm most passionate about, what's happening in this room when women meet one another. Um, and we do that in a variety of ways. Um, one thing Missy was on with us, we've been doing a cohort for women's ministry leaders. Yes. And she came on and talked about Excellent. women and leadership and was amazing. Um, and this is a cohort of 200 women. But I, I would actually say we're giving them content. But the thing I'm most excited about is the way we're connecting them. A yes. lot of the small groups are continuing to meet on Zoom afterwards, and that was just something when I was working in the church I didn't have. You know, male pastors had, you know, they went to these conferences or different places where they could meet up, and I found it really hard to find other women who, who were doing what I was doing in the church for pay, because it was just a little bit different. 
And so we're trying to connect women through things like that. We're producing content. We're doing articles, but we're also doing books. And we're doing Bible studies. And then we have a big conference um, every other summer that has made all my hair turn gray. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's, it's not a little conference you got going on every other summer. Well, okay, so talk to me about that. One of the things you said first, which I thought was awesome, was you said, I was a math teacher, and I felt like the government was just paying me to go be a missionary. Uh-huh. Um, I know that there are women who are may have the opportunity to or are currently doing jobs that they may not feel like this is it. This yeah. is the ministry God has called me to. I remember working in a flower shop and being in love with the people that I worked mm-hmm. with and loving the learning more creative things because I had never worked. I, that was not a gift. OK, yeah. the women who do that, <laughs> gifted. me, yeah. not so much. But I also remember thinking to myself, like, I'm not a florist. So, like, I, what I'm doing this, beca- mm-hmm. and I love it, but what will be next, Lord? How yeah. would you uh, encourage women who are in positions or have taken positions that may not be where they are, their dream in ministry, yeah. to keep going? Yeah, that's a really good question. You know, I feel, I say the same thing over and over, but um, abiding in Jesus, he will take you where you need to go. Um, it's, it's, yeah. I say it always because my life is a complete and utter shock and surprise to me. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, that's fascinating. I mean, that's you know, like I have, I call myself an accidental writer, an accidental <laughs> leader. I, like, I didn't plan any of this. Wow. But I just knew that the word said, whatever I will do prosper, will prosper mm. someone Amen. is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. So if I can just focus on delighting in the law of the Lord, Whatever he gives me to do, if it's going to be motherhood, if it's going to be um, working a secular job, if it's going to be a ministry job, what I need is delighting in the word. And that will make everything else happen. Really encouraging for women. Um, So at Women in Work, we talk a lot about work in various seasons of life. And so your kids, how old are your kids, by the way? 15, 18, and 21. Okay. So... At this point, they're older. You're out of the little years. Yes. So through your various seasons of being a mom, and how has work um, transitioned? And and did your family have certain kind of guidelines to help you navigate how to be faithful in all the different areas God's called you to? Yeah, that's that's a good good question as well. (laughs) I wish we were more organized and planned. (laughs) Again, I feel like life sometimes just comes at you. Um, That's actually helpful because life just happens sometimes. Yeah, I wish we had some plan. I would say one thing my husband has really helped me with, because I'm a yes person, so I can get myself in trouble saying yes to too many things. And he's reminded me that um, saying no is a yes to something else. And sometimes um, the no needs to be said so I can say yes to my family. And sometimes I've had to sacrifice time with my family to say a yes to something God's wanting me to do. So both are true and both are really hard to navigate. And so we've just had to learn to talk about that and um, learn, okay, sometimes it was helpful for me to have categories of no. Okay, I'm not going to do any of this this semester. That's good. or whatever, like I'm not going to take any speaking engagements for a semester so that I make sure I don't miss homecoming again. You know, things like that that would just happen accidentally. Um, but, but I would say this, I think sometimes as women we're really discouraged because of our seasons. I have found a lot of beauty in that. Um, I can't tell you, like when I had young children, I was so tired of mundane tasks because that is all you do. 
I mean, it, you need <laughs> Jesus on the knees because you are on your knees cleaning up like yes. <laughs> bodily fluids all the time. But now that I'm in such thinking work all day, I love the mundane work. Yes. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, oh, good. Let me go do some yes. laundry. Wow. <laughs> because it's easy and no one's talking to yes. me. And so I, if we... <laughs> <laughs> no, I get that. I get that. If we can embrace, like, there's beauty in each and all the work. You yes. know, me doing laundry is just as glorifying to God as me being on a cohort meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and I need both. And so... As women, I think we actually get a lot of both, and that's actually a great thing. I've learned to be like, oh, the Lord gave me pauses at certain seasons, and that was a good thing. Um, and then, anyway, I just think I've, I've learned to enjoy what womanhood can offer in some ways that's maybe a little bit different than a straight line, linear trajectory. Mine has been a curvy, circuitous route, and I think that's been beautiful. That's great. Well, we're here at Cultivate. This is so exciting. And um, it's a women's conference, but we're talking about leadership. We're talking about women finding out what God has for them specifically and how they can see themselves as leaders in their particular mm. sphere of influence. And we also like want women to lean into the stirring that they feel God is mm. doing in them. Um, so what would you say, what would you say, they need to know or they need to be considering as they think mm. about stepping out into what they believe God might actually be leading me to do this or he might be calling me to do that. Yeah. I think one place to look, even to know where to lead, is where you get really frustrated at the church. So interesting. <laughs> wow. I love that. Okay. Um, when I had women come to me and they were like, that teaching was so bad. Why is that person <laughs> up there? I'm like, she probably needs to be a teacher. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, because then you get it. Right? Yeah. So you smart. Get it. Or if you're, like, so annoyed with how something is being run, maybe you should run it. Yes. You, you know yes. I mean? Really? Uh, like, sometimes <laughs> the very area you feel most frustrated is where you're called to lead. Because you have a vision yes. for it that's not being yes. met. And maybe yes. you could really lead into that vision. Yes. But I do think <laughs> that's that genius. there's something about there's truth behind that. When, when I was home, just being a mom at the house, the thing I hated most, there was two things. I hated doing dishes, and I hated when folding laundry, putting the socks together. I don't oh. want to do this. I don't want to do this, right? But we need two <laughs> socks because we got two feet. Okay, but I don't want to do this. So my thing was, every task that I had to do that I hated was when I would be praying. Huh. Like, I have to pray through the te- while I'm doing the tasks I hate. And there's something about the humbling of, mm. this frustrates me, I hate it, but I'm going to do it as unto you. Oh, that's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's good. So it just is so beautiful yeah. to hear you say that. Like, you hate it at the church? What you going to do about it, girl? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So for some women here and listening later um, on the, the podcast— they might not be called to a full-time, you know, paid ministry. Just, you know, you never saw yourself doing this, and I'm sure other women aren't, won't be called to it. Perhaps they, you know, they're nurses, or they work out in the marketplace in some field. How can women think about their work in a way that's really a part, it's, it's secular, perhaps, but how can we still honor God and really glorify Him in those spaces that are not typical ministry? Yeah, I actually think 
those women are on the front line of the kingdom in ways that I feel sometimes like everyone I work with is a Christian. You know, I mean, we're trying to plan events and do all these things, but everyone I'm surrounded by is a Christian. I feel more isolated in ministry to actually reach people than I did when I was teaching high school. So my daughter is training to um, be a nurse right now. And I'm like, you're going to have so many opportunities. Um, You know, she wants to do missions. And I'm like, go as a nurse. Because when you are a nurse and you are sitting there with someone who is in deep pain, the opportunities you have are amazing. So I just, I think secular work, you are day-to-day living and interacting with non-Christians. And you get to be a light in those contexts in a way that I think um, most people in ministry don't get to do. You're exactly right. In your talk, which, man, so practical, so right on point, really exactly what we needed. In your talk, you really did a great job of showing the value of women working in the church, right? Mm-hmm. How women, womanhood is not second-class manhood, right? That's right. Um, so can you tell me what you would say are some of the unique ways that women get to serve? Like, mm-hmm. what is unique to womanhood when we think of service even in or out of the church? Yeah, I just think um, women bring something different in every, every room. I mean, and I don't mean this to be cliche. I really don't. But when you go to some conferences, they're just a little bit boring. And you come, to, you come here <laughs> oh and gosh, like... it's beautiful. It's so pretty. I mean, like, and I mean, we bring way more than that. But I'm just saying there is a warmth that women bring to the table. There's a hospitality, I think, that women bring to the table in the church. There's a mothering. There's a sistering. There's a, there's a daughtering. It, it's just hard to even describe what that is, but it's so distinct and it's so needed. But that same perspective can be on the finance committee. It doesn't exactly. have, you know, I mean, I can't do flowers either. I'm not good at, I'm not good <laughs> at doing this. But, like, I actually really like numbers. And I know I'm going to bring a different perspective just because I'm a woman than my male colleague. And so we're both needed, even looking at numbers together. Um, th- there's just a beauty there that we can all serve. And I'm not, I can't always just, it's kind of like you can just see it. Like both are needed. And sometimes it's in that group discussion. You're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about it that way. Yes. Yeah. And he, I, when I hear one of my guy friends yes. describe something, I'm like, oh, that's a really good point. Mm-hmm. I needed you. My girlfriends may not have given me that point. Exactly. But my guy friend does. So we just need the perspective of one another. Yeah, that diversity right. of thought process. Yeah. yeah. It's huge. Yeah. Okay. So as women are, especially here at Cultivate this weekend, they're thinking about their calling and leadership and really stepping into their leadership roles. What practical steps would you say that women can take to really continue to strengthen their voice and their confidence in what God has called them to? They, they know their calling, but now we've got to actually step forward into it and really persevere with strength and confidence. How can we do that? Yeah, I'm a big believer in mentoring. Um, My book downstairs, Growing Together, is all about mentoring. And I know older mentors in the faith have been so helpful to me. Yes, That's how I learned how to disciple other women. I was discipled. And so I would say if there's a particular area you want to grow in leadership in and you see someone doing that, maybe um, just this is an easy example. If you want to teach Bible study one day and you have a woman in the church who teaches it every week, say, hey, could I sub for you one week? And would you give me feedback? 
Would you help Amazing. me? One week yeah. is way different than taking on like all the Romans. Like take small chunks. I always tell this to authors. You don't start by writing a book. You start by writing one article and you get better at that and you get edited. And you, yeah, I mean, my friend Megan, who is an editor at TGC, I'm like, she's my mentor. She teaches me how to write all the time. And it's so helpful to have people in your life who can help say, hey, this is where that wasn't the best. This is where it was great. And that's going to grow your leadership is to have good mentoring who will cheer you on and yet tell you where you need to grow. I love that. I think that is so helpful because yeah. a lot of times I know in my own life, I'll step out and try something, but then I don't, I don't get the feedback and I'm yes. like, oh no, was that yes. good or bad or it doesn't yes. feel so you really need that feedback yes. and the humility to, to receive it. Yeah, that's right. Well, as we close, because badly we have to close, what is one piece of advice that you would give women as they are thinking about stepping out into their vocation, their calling, whatever it may mm -hmm. be? Pray. You know, pray yes. for wisdom. I mean, the Lord says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let yes. me ask me. Um, because, um, and just the grace to do it with humility and um, with, yeah, with humility. I just see a lot, a lot of times we just have to check our own, our own desires. Um, our desires can get really askew and our motives can get really askew. So asking the Lord, only let me do this if it would benefit your kingdom, and, 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 and I would really always start with the Lord's Prayer, hallowed be your name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Because when you say, Lord, what I want more than anything else is for your name to be glorified, that it's, we're, we're reorienting our desires. I want yes. your name to be glorified. I want your will, not my will, to be done. Yes. If we can start there and start praying there and then say, use me however you want me. Um, yeah, that's great. I do think we struggle with having to submit to someone else's agenda. Yeah. And that's what we're saying when we say your will be done. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. Amen. Good. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Close us out. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Yeah, this has just been me. such an amazing um, opportunity to get to interview you in front of this whole live audience. Y'all so, are awesome. Let me, there you go. <laughs> and thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Be sure to check out our website at womenwork.net for today's show notes. There will be more information about today's conversation there. And please take a minute to subscribe to our show and also give us a rating and review so more listeners can find us. And with that, we hope you've been inspired to more confidently step into your God-given calling and view your work as meaningful to the kingdom of God. See you next time, friends.